Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. My name is AJ Kearns and I'm proud to be your host here each and every week as we do our part to introduce you to the artists and designers from around the world who help bring some of our favorite beers and breweries to life. This week's guest, Mr. Kelvis Polanco, a.k.a. Fuzzed Up Bear. Really excited about this episode, really excited to, to share this one with you. FuzzedUpBear.com, FuzzedUpBear on Instagram. You can follow along with his adventures, his creativity, his stories, and I think this episode is just, uh, it's chock full of goodness. I, mean, I think that's just the best way to put it. Um, really, you know, we came to, to learn of, of Mr. Fuzz, Mr. Fuzzed Up, uh, through Gun Hill uh, Brewing Company, and we are from there, the Uptown uh, you know, Beer Society, the crew over there, we reached out about a, a label that was recently done and then, you know, found out, you know, all about uh, him and his story and just been following along his adventures and what's going on and just really think this episode touches on all sorts of different points. I think it's inspiring. I think it's honest. I think it's, uh, you know, showing, you know, what you can do. You know, there's some great career advice. You know, we talk about life. Uh, there's a great project that he did that we'll get into uh, they ended up going viral and getting picked up there. And it's just uh, humility, hard work, taking yourself seriously. Like I said, there's just uh, it's, a, it's a really good episode. It was really just a pleasure to get to, to talk to him and really connect. I think that um, this episode will resonate with everybody uh, just like it did me. I think right now, you know, I think a lot of these episodes, when we share them, you know, we record them at a different time and they have a moment between me and the artist and designer, but then when we share them, you know, we don't know when it's going to go live. We don't, obviously we know when it's going to go live in terms of when I edit and, and upload it and stuff, but I think that the messages and stories that it, it tells, you know, we try to take something away from each of them and, and share those with you. And I think this episode, you know, right now where we are as a society, where we are, you know, with uh, social justice, you know, just about, you know, like we say, uh, you know, be a good human. Uh, you know, he says the human initiative and we talk about that and we just kind of just like we would do in person. I think that's one of the, you know, we always say that this would be great in, in a video format. And I think episodes like tonight's or today's or, you know, whenever you're partaking, you know, I think they were, you know, the only, the only thing I would say is they would be better, you know, in person. Um, but this is an episode where we had to just end the episode because it could have been, you know, a three-parter. You know, just, you know, each of the things that we talk about from, you know, the work he's doing with Gun Hill to, you know, his career in fashion to tattooing, you know, to the collaboration with Pantone, uh, you know, Fuzz Up Bear and how that came to be, you know, the evolution of one's career, right? So, I mean, this is the intro. So, you're just getting all these teasers. And I think that they're really, uh, there's, there's, there's something for everybody, like a good, you know, like a good tap room, a good beer selection. There's something for everybody. You might be a stouter, you know, person. Maybe you like the IPAs, little, little, little uh, crispy boys. You know, whatever you're into, the sours. You know, this episode's got something for everybody. You know, it doesn't matter where you are in your career. Doesn't matter. You know, even if you have anything to do with, you know, the, the beer scene. I think this is just a, a great episode. You know, about life, about you know, working hard, doing what you love, and you know, and making something of it, and just being. You know, and seeing where it goes, and you know, this story will will inspire. Um, FuzzedUpBear.com, FuzzedUpBear on Instagram. You follow along there. Gun Hill Brewing Company. 
you know, doing some great work and really just excited to, you know, share this episode with you, kind of get into it and just, uh, I don't know. I, I, I think I've told you before, kind of a little behind the scenes, opening the curtain, you know, what have you is, you know, we listen to these episodes probably, you know, two or three times before they, they go live. And so this is an episode that I just am excited and I couldn't wait for you guys to, to hear, you know, you know, no pressure. Um, I'm not trying to, uh, you know, stress anybody out, but I think it's just, uh, you know, I don't want Kelvis to, to worry too much about it, you know, listening to this. I just want to, you know, this is kind of where I just, you know, hype it up and, you know, let them know that this is going to just be great. And I was just really lucky to, you know, to be able to, to connect with him and have him be, you know, be a part of this. I think that, the, you know, Mr. Bear is, uh, he's hilarious. He's honest. He's real. He's a little, you know, a little snarky, a little grumpy. He's all of us sometimes, you know, so I think it's just, uh, I think it's just a really great uh, opportunity for all of us to, to see where things can go and and just, uh, you know, hear somebody's story and, and kind of reflect. And I think everybody will take a little, little piece of it. So this is episode 166. That is not a prime number, but it is a wonderful thing. It is a wonderful episode. My name is AJ. This is the 16-ounce canvas. Remember, 16ozcanvas.com or 16ozcanvas. Use the hashtag. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or wherever it is that you get your podcast. I'm pretty sure that's where you found us. So tell a friend, send them an email, share a link, do whatever it is that you do. And uh, we thank you for being here. We thank you for being yourself. And we thank you for, you know, listening to the 16-ounce canvas because we are the art of craft beer podcast. So here we go. Hello and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas. The Art of Craft Beer Podcast. Very excited to have us today checking in from Orange, New Jersey, Mr. Kelvin Polanco. You may know him as Fuzzed Up Bear. Uh, we came to learn of him through the work that he's done with Gun Hill uh, Brewery in, in New York, but uh, that's just kind of one of the chapters in a, a great story. You can follow along with his work at fuzzeduppear.com, just as it sounds. Fuzz, F U Z Z. Ed up bear like the animal, and you can also follow along on Instagram, uh, where you'll find a, a link to uh, you know a great shirt that he's doing as a, as a promotional human being. Uh, and uh, I think you should all go out and you know after you hear this, go go order one of those. And uh, thank you so much for for being here today, Kelvin. Yeah, man. Thank you for having me. So, like I said, uh, fuzzed up bear. I think that that'll be part of your story. Obviously, we'll get to that, but. Um, I would say now is probably the most like talk about yourself, you know, go on and on about your story. But how did you, you know, I, I love your style and I also love your humility. I think that's one of the pieces that, you know, I was kind of drawn to in doing my research is that, you know, you, you're showing your, your vulnerability. You're, you know, you can see the evolution of your work. You know, I think recently you kind of showed, you know, drawing your bear, you know, um, you know, like five years ago and where, where it's come to today. So I, that was really inspiring to me. Um, you know, just personally, I thought that was just, uh, you know, I think a little, you know, looking out for each other. Actually, now I look at it, it was seven years back. So just to show that evolution and where, where you are with stuff is, uh, I think it's really great because it can be, I think folks, it can be a little overwhelming, you know, just kind of making that start. But um, take us back in time. How did you, uh, you know, how did you find your calling to, to be an artist and, you know, yeah, we'll see where we go from there. Well, I've, I've been pretty much an artist, you know, for I, I'm, I'm one of the probably artists who, who who will tell you, yeah, I've been an artist for as long as I actually remember. Um, and that's, you know, the God honest truth. I've been drawing on walls since I was like two years old, as so I'm told. 
Um, and I just never stopped. You know, I, I loved art in every aspect of it, every medium that I can play with. You know, I kind of dabble into it. Um, I was very fortunate to have a teacher in the fourth grade, who I still remember to this day. She was the one who actually put me on the path and had me kind of focus on my art in a serious way, who said, you know, basically said that I had talent and kind of pushed me to draw a little bit more, even gave me drawing assignments to take home when I didn't really have an art class. You know, she used to buy colored pencils and watercolors and stuff for me to play with. And she was the one that really encouraged me to kind of take it more seriously in a sense and, and kind of focus on my art. Just not something that's something that I just did randomly. Um, but yeah, after that, I, I kind of started entering into citywide contests while I was in junior high school, won a couple of those and kind of just stayed in the path. You know, my dream, my ultimate dream was to be uh, a comic book illustrator. And that's what I wanted to be a comic book artist. Um, and ended up kind of falling into fashion after I, I went to the school of visual arts in New York city for college and graduated from there with the um, illustration degree and just kind of started working in the uh, fashion industry after that. Oh, wow. What, what I love about that uh, for many reasons is, you know, uh, as we go back to whatever, whatever's going on right now with school and the mm -hmm. importance of teacher, my, you know, my wife's a teacher. And I think that just for somebody to, you know, I think that's just the beauty of teachers and, you know, kind of the, the selflessness of it. Somebody, you know, saw something in you that they wanted to, to celebrate and kind of what, what we do here and the fact that that impacted you to, to, to kind of go for it. What kind of, what kind of things were you, were you drawing that you, you know, at that time, were you just recreating comic books that you were into or how did, how did she kind of, uh, how did she find you? I was pretty much just re redrawing, um, stuff that I saw in some of my biology books, or I would redraw cartoon characters like Mickey Mouse and stuff like that. Darkwing Duck at the time was huge for me. Yeah. Um, so I used to draw him all the time. And, um, and she kind of saw, you know, that I, that I was good at it and she kind of encouraged me to keep going. And again, you know, she was in my art teacher. She was just my homeroom teacher and I would see her maybe two or three times a week. But she really, you know, kind of, and again, you know, like you said, the teacher at that age also has a big impact. And somebody that really pays attention to you has a big impact because it wasn't somebody that I went to for art specifically. It was just somebody that took really a, an interest in, and encouraged me, you know, for, to do things with, with my talent, you know, that I never thought I could um, and forever impacted my life, you know, forever did that. Um, she entered me in one of these citywide contests and I remember, you know, I grew up in the Bronx. This is way back, um, early 90s. You know, I grew up in the Bronx. And for me to go downtown was like a big deal. Any kid in, in, in the, you know, urban area to go back downtown in New York City was a big deal. So one of the concerts that I won, one of the pieces ended up being showcased in Macy's, uh, the Macy's flagship store in 34th Street, which was huge. I mean, I didn't understand that at the time, you know, me being fourth grade, I didn't really grasp yeah. how big that was. Um, but I remember going downtown and coming out of the train station, looking up at all these huge buildings and structures and everything was like, you know, so alien to me, but big. And I always said like, one of these days, you know, I'm going to work in, in this environment. Like I'm going to work down here and have an office. And that was like the thing, you know, and my life took a bunch of turns after that. You know, I've, I left to, uh, I moved back to the Dominican Republic. I'm, originally from the Dominican Republic. Um, my parents moved back 
after I finished my first freshman year of um, high school here, went to the Dominican Republic, stayed out there for four years, came back here for college um, to SVA. And little did I know, you know, when I was a kid, I said, yeah, I'm going to end up working here. This is where I'm, gonna, I'm going to work. And the fashion industry is centered around 34th Street, you know, that the fashion. And I did end up working in a building directly across the street from Macy's for like a number of years. Still work in that vicinity, you know, and it, it it almost became one of those things that you dreamt it as a child, you wanted to do it, and I had the right people behind me who encouraged me and said, yeah, you can do whatever you want, you know, you can, you, you know, whatever dream you have, you can achieve, and uh, I've always had very supportive people in my life who believed in my craft and what I was doing, you know, you hear a lot of artists who were growing up, they always get discouraged because they tell them you're never going to make any money doing this, you know, you're never going to be successful, an artist, you know, is going to be a poor life and, and whatnot. But I had the fortune that my parents and everybody around me always encouraged me in, in what I was doing. And thankful to them. I mean, I think it's just, I think it's incredible. I mean, I don't know. I, I love that story. I, I think that where we are now, what we're, it's been a better time for people is to be artists, to be creative, but you could really just, I mean, excuse my language, but you could just fuck a kid up by being like, hey, that's not that's not the that's not the move. You'll never be anything, you know. The, if everyone just did what society told us, we'd be in a pretty you know jacked up state. And so, I don't know. I I think the power of teaching. I think just seeing the the, the love and joy that it brought somebody is wonderful. I mean, I, I didn't know that story. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Did you ever tell? Yeah, and did you, you never ever, know the potential. Did you ever tell the teacher? You never know the potential, but yeah. You know, it's like you never know the potential that anybody can have. You know, you, you'd be talking to a kid now and even little actions that you take, the impact that that would generate in someone, a conversation that you have with someone, a 10 minute conversation can change someone's life. You know, and, I, and I'm a firm believer in that. You know, even as an adult, you can do that to, to one another. Um, and that's kind of the turn that I've taken with with my Instagram account and the character that I created on on Instagram for Fussed Up Bear was um the story with him was that I started that character originally just as an exercise. You know, I worked in the fashion industry, like I said, and I worked with a number of very talented artists that, that I've always had the pleasure to work with, but we're always creating for the industry. You know, we rarely have the time to do our own stuff. You know, we get, we do our job all day. We're creating, we're, we're drawing, we're painting, we're creating patterns and textiles and whatnot or graphic tees, and then we come home and it's like we're drained. You know, we're, we're not going to keep creating. Rarely do we do that. You know, some people do, some people don't. I had the habit of doing that, but I, I saw myself doing less and less artwork. And one day we're, you know, just having lunch, a group of guys. Uh, and I asked, you know, when was the last time that you guys sat down and drew something for yourself or created something for yourselves or tried a new medium for yourselves? And it was just cricket, you know, nobody had anything to say. It's like in years, nobody had done anything. And I kind of started doing this thing where I said, you know, we're going to give each other homework assignments, basically. You know, we're going to work on one project a week, even if it's something that's really simple, doesn't have to be super realistic or complicated. Um, I, for one, my style has always been very, very detailed. And I do a lot of line work and, you know, my oil paintings take forever. So I said, I'm just going to do something simple, you know, something that doesn't take up so much time. So I don't have an excuse that, I, oh, I didn't have time to draw anything. So on my train ride from New Jersey into the city, it's like a 25-minute train ride, I bought a Moleskine notebook, and I just started doing little tiny sketches. And that's what I would do for entertainment, you know, to come in and showcase every day when we got together. 
And that's how the character was born because it was he was easy to draw. You know, it was very simple lines that made up the bear. And I kind of made it like a little bit of an exercise. And he almost became like an extension. He started out as more of a comedy element and as an extension of, of my personality in a sense, you know, to a certain extent, but still a character in tone. And I opened up an Instagram account and he lived, you know, he started on Instagram pretty much. You know, it was a part of a New Year's resolution a couple of years back and he's still on there. I love I love him because he's, he's really versatile too. I think that you the the comedy element of it obviously is there and how you use them to you know tell stories of kind of current events whether it's entertainment or what have you but also like you know social and political messages it's really like i i think that you know and it's cool folks again fuzz the bear uh on instagram you can see he's versatile on, on a bar napkin into uh into a creative piece and it's uh it's really, it's really great. I think it really works. It's, it's fun because you scroll through and you can see it on, on multiple levels. Yeah. And it started growing in a, in a way that I didn't expect it to go, you know, like, like I said, I started it more as a, as a drawing exercise, put up, you know, little comedic skits that I would come up with or something that, um, happened during a conversation, a conversation that a friend of mine had, and I turned that into a little skit for the character. Um, over time, that these kind of things that, that tend to be a little personal or situations that were, that were um, kind of like regular everyday life situations that other people might have gone through can identify with that. And I would get people who would reach out and say, hey, you know what, like I was going to a shit day and I saw this post that you made. It's really funny. I remember it happened to me once and it made my day. You know, little things like that. And more of those comments started coming in in that way. More of those direct messages started coming in that way. And I started seeing that, you know, what I was doing was having an impact or a personal impact or a positive impact on, on a lot of the people who were my followers. And I started taking that into account as I kept creating. Um, and the vulnerability came out of that because I said, if I'm affecting people through my artwork and what they're looking at, I can share a little bit of my my personal struggles and what I've been through and help these people out, you know, through their day, even if it's like a 20 minute sketch that I just created for, you know, just for shits and giggles. Um, I've gotten into the situation, going back to the conversation of teaching, where I've had aspiring artists, like young artists who were like, you know, I admire what you're doing. How do you become a professional and how do you do X, Y, Z? And I would have these conversations with these kids and I would get their personal numbers and we'd be in contact um, and I would teach them and, you know, life lessons that I learned of trying to be a professional artist and getting to where, to where I've gotten and what I've learned about the industries, you know, because I've had the pleasure of working in multiple industries, not just the fashion industry, but, you know, as you can see, I've done label designs, graphic designs for, for breweries. I've done video game design for, for Call of Duty. I've worked in a new, you know, large number of, of platforms that I've had the pleasure to work. So if I can share some of that experiences with, with some of these younger generations who don't know anything, you know, and I've, I've come to learn that the, my art school experience was that they're very good at teaching you techniques and what you can do. But once you're out there, there's zero information about how to navigate in any of these artistic industries. Yeah, we hear that a lot. It's kind of like, okay. And that's like kind of cut like the cutthroat, right? I mean, everyone wants to say if everybody could draw, you know, whatever that means to the individual or whatever their method is. But 
just like being your own, doing your own business and doing invoices and doing all this other stuff. Like there's just this kind of like unknown and being out there and how to, how to yeah. do things. And it's and, like, how do you monetize your artwork? How do you market yourself? Yeah. You know, how do you find your audience and, and generate, you know, income out of that so that you can be happy as an artist creating your own thing, but also making a living out of it. You know, a lot of people don't, don't know how to do that. And a lot of artists aren't taught how to do that. And I think it's unfortunate, you know, so that's why every little chance that I get that I'm able to to share these experiences or a little bit of knowledge with someone, you know, it takes five to 10 minutes to tell them, hey, look, this is what worked for me. Yeah. This is what I did. This is what didn't work for me. And everything that worked for me, for me might not necessarily work for someone else, but I'm sharing, I'm still sharing exactly. that experience. You know, you can either apply it if it, if it works in your scenario, you can apply it or or discard it, but, you know, take what you will and what works for you. You know, if I could, and if I was able to help, then, then that's all that matters. Yeah. And that's, and that's a teaser. We ask it kind of a question when we wrap up kind of like any advice for somebody getting started. So we're kind of like, we'll tease that for the folks, but what I, yeah, what I, what I think is important is also, I've always felt like just the mistakes or the, the bad jobs or the bad experiences or the fuck ups. Right. I think mm-hmm. that's part of it too. I think you learn, you know, even from a technique perspective, Oh, I like this pen over that pen. I like how this, you know, lot, you know, the lines are with the, with these brushes versus those, you know, and so I think try, you know, trying it out, but you know, a lot, of, a lot sure. of folks just, you know, it's, it's intimidating, you know, real life sucks sometimes. And being a grown up, as I, you know, jokingly say a lot is just, you know, is, uh, there's no instruction manual. And then when you come home from the hospital, they just give you the kid, like, you know, you're just kind of figuring it out as you yeah. go. Yeah. And I think that, <laughs> Say good luck. Yeah, Here you yeah, go. Exactly. Say they make they make sure the car seats fine and fastened, and, and that's as far as it goes. <laughs> yeah. After that, you, you hey, they don't care if you can. Yeah, they're not checking your license. They're not seeing if you can drive. They're just you know, no, like, okay, nothing. Yeah. You know, if the car seat in place, is it fastened correctly, then that's you're good to go. Yeah, it's like, Here's your I remember that first night like um, it was yesterday. It was like okay, here we go. But oof. but. Yeah, yeah, rough. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're both uh, we were both uh, yeah. commiserating before we got started about our our kids and how they keep us on our toes. But yeah, I think that the fact you're able to remove yourself from your situation and think how you could help others. I think that's just a testament Mm -hmm. to how far you've taken, you know, fuzzed up bear, you know, it's, it's bigger than art. We say it's bigger than beer. You know, you're finding the humanity in others and obviously the, your social messages, which we're, you know, completely in align with, with what you're doing. Um, but just to, to think of somebody and willing to give some of your time to, to somebody else so that they can, you know, maybe, maybe not have the, you know, the same troubles or issues on, on things and, you know, who knows, but I think it's just a, I think it's just a beautiful testament to the, to the person that you are, the, and we have, again, another alignment, you, um, you know, one of the, the areas of focus for you is, you know, is, you know, the human being, you know, which, which we, uh, you know, we say be a good human, right? I think it's just, it's all, it's that same vibe. It's that same perspective on life that a lot of folks can be tunnel vision, just look at themselves and how this impacts me. But if we don't, you know, go wide and go panoramic and look at how it, you know, affects all of us as a greater good, then I think that's where we falter as a, I don't know, to get deep as a society. Yeah, because we, we can dissect each other all day. You know, we can pick apart, you know, our differences. We can pick apart, you know, where we come from, what we do, you know, our, our finances and, and this and that. We, we do that all day long. You know, you, you're, you're not going to find somebody standing next to you who is exactly the same as you are. It's just not going to happen. 
Um, you can find people in similar circumstances, sure, but never the same. Um, so I think it's very important. And that's what my message of, you know, see human, be human is that we're all human beings. We all go through different things. You can have a shit day and act out and act out of character and get in trouble. Doesn't mean, you know, you're a horrible human being because of it. You know, you can, you can look at certain situations sparingly and, and try to try to see, you know, the, the causes of, of humanity and what people do and how they act and, and just be sympathetic, you know, and have a little bit of empathy for one another. I think it's it's what we're lacking nowadays, in a sense. Yeah, I think there were yeah we're reminded of how much we're lacking it uh, a lot more recently, and so I think that to put yourself in in other shoes and, and and understand their situation, you know, a lot of folks like to take one piece of the story and have that stand alone on its own, but it's it's multifaceted. You know how we got here. You know what what societal issues are you know, uh, you know, failings of the system, you know, brought us to this point. And so I think that, uh, yeah, I think it's, yeah, it's a, it's a human story and I think it's important. Yeah. So from a, uh, from a process standpoint, right, you're, you're, you know, you're have your moleskin, you're drawn on, on your way to work. I mean, there's some, you know, you can see some of your pencil sketches again on fuzzed up bear on Instagram and then you can see the some of the final works at fuzzedupbear.com too. But what is your are you do you have a certain preferred method or do you have, are you multi multimedium? What what what's in the what's in the fuzzed up bear tool toolkit? Oh well I have a little bit of everything. It's it's multimedia for sure. Uh, but everything starts with pen and pencil for me. Um, I, I still like you know, I, I started drawing more on my iPad recently using Procreate, but I still find myself missing the, the, the feel of, of, you know, paper to pencil and then grabbing my, uh, I use a pencil brush pen to draw and ink most of my stuff. So I kind of st still miss that and, and do it as much as possible. I started transitioning slowly towards the iPad because I started running out of space where to store my, my um, artwork at home. But um, cause every single, basically every single post I've ever done for, for, for Instagram on fussed up there, they were done on, um, 11 by 14 Bristol pages. So I have over a thousand of those close to 1500 of those. And they're like in my basement right now. And I started running out of space where to put paper. And I was like, I need to make a transition to digital. But, um, for the most part, the, the way that I work, you know, I think of an idea or, or the concept of what I want to draw and I start sketching up out ideas and, and then I, as I start moving to final composition, then I'll start inking it. I rarely do detailed pencils. I used to do that a lot before, but now it's mostly an outline in pencil of what I want to do. And I just jump into inking um, right away. Um, I use a combination of microns, uh, micron pens, and the, um, the pencil brush pen, which I love, because um, it gives me the ability to do thick and thin lines you know, within the single stroke. So I like that process a lot. Um, if I do decide to color it nowadays, I usually scan it and work on Photoshop or Illustrator, depending on what type of look I want to have for the end product. Okay. Uh, and then you also talked about working in fashion. You know, there's if you go to fuzzedupbear.com, you can see some of the, you know, some of the kicks you've done. You know, for I believe Timberland and Nike and other stuff like that. Um, how did how does how do you kind of wear the the multiple hats of just kind of creating you know your comic book you know you can definitely see you have a you know a, a marvel kind of uh, appreciation for some of the characters and then you know 
fashion, uh, you know, fashion fuzz. Like, how do you, how do you wear the different hats? Like, how is that, how is that for you? Does is that a positive thing to 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 work in different styles or mediums, or is that, is it gotten harder? Um, I think I find it very, very easy for me to switch from one thing to the other. And that's in in a way, it's what keeps me like fueled to keep creating that, that versatility where I didn't get stagnant and and doing the same thing over and over again. Um, The ability to switch styles, to switch mediums, to switch projects is what kind of keeps me fresh in a sense. I would say that, you know, um, because my mind is always on. Like I, I don't go to bed till like two or three in the morning every single day, and I'm up and running at like five thirty, six o'clock. Um, it's just like that. My my wheels are always spinning. I'm always think of of new ideas. You know, I, I sometimes I get up in the middle of the night and sketch out something that I just thought about in my, you know, kind of like while while I was falling asleep. Um, and I'm constantly sketching, and I'm constantly thinking of concepts of. How do I take one medium forward? You know, how do I, if I started working on a fashion project, you know, what am I doing in this project that hasn't been done before in that field that I can kind of borrow from the other stuff that I've done in other fields, uh, for example. So I, I kind of cross pollinate between mediums and trying to bring it into um, to another style that I, I think maybe someone hasn't tried in the past. Um, and I try to do that a lot recently with the uh, projects that have been working with Gun Hill uh, Brewery. Um, I, I remember the initial conversation that I had with um, Dave at, at, at the brewery was that the way that I wanted to create the labels, it was almost that I wanted each can to look like it was a different person designing it. You know, I wanted each direction to be completely different. I wanted the hand feel to be completely different. I wanted to be the, I wanted the mediums to be different. So that it almost felt like it was a different designer doing each can. But I've been doing their cans for the past year and a half. And it's just been me. But if you look at every can and you lay it one next to the other, it almost doesn't seem like it's the same person doing those. And I think I've been able to achieve that because of all the different mediums that I'm able to create in, you know, the different markets that I've been in. Because every market has a different aesthetic. You know, if you work for, if you're doing graphic design, or motion graphics for TV, the aesthetic is completely different from what you would be doing in comic books. It'll be completely different from what you're doing in fashion. So I've been able to take those directions and those visual aesthetics and kind of mix them, mix in and match them into to whatever project I want to work with. Yeah, I I would a thousand percent agree that if you look at you know their their labels, that it's it's literally looks like there's a half dozen different artists. Like because we have some breweries that that do that they're not you know they're they're open to supporting different artists and things that happen so i i love that i mean i think that that's really uh that's just a good testament to to you know you using that as a as a way to be creative and, and push boundaries for yourself too you know it's a way in a positive way right it's self-serving that you get to you know you know do that i think it's just super i, I think it's really creative you know um and and I, I wouldn't I'd be remiss without giving a you know shout out to the you know the Uptown Beer Society crew you know Joel and, and Matt over there you know and uh, you know, I think that the you know the collaboration beer that that uh, was done with you know Beer Culture and you know the the Cocoa Cherry Mango Sour you know just for, for sure for yeah. everybody yeah. I'm I'm a board member for for Beer Culture but you know I reached out to the the crew and they. They pointed me, you know, they threw some love your way and was like, that's fuzzed up. And, uh, 
And so, you know, it's kind of just beautiful to, you know, also Bronx, the Bronx Beer Hall crew. And just so it's just nice to bring everything back full circle. But yeah, I love, I love the versatility of your work with the, the label. Yeah. I think, yeah, I really, I, that, that's just a testament to you. I think that, you know, that's a, that's a cool way to look at it that you want it to look like different styles and, you know, you know, different designers are doing it. And, and it's, uh, that's a slam dunk mission accomplished right there. And that's, that's really, you know, that's just a, a testament to you. you mentioned, you know, we mentioned the cocoa cherry mango sour. Um, how did you, and you just kind of like, Oh, you, know, you, you did my job for me. So I think that uh, I appreciate that. How, how did you come to team up with them? What, what, where, where did you, you know, get to that point where you're now going? I met them. At, there was an event uh, that, I, that I'm, that I'm a part of. It's called uh Bronx Cranksgiving, which is basically, it's a scavenger hunt um, slash food drive that is organized by a friend, a very good friend of mine called um, Eddie Martinez. Um, he organizes that event every year for Thanksgiving, and um, what they, it's basically a food drive on wheels. You know, you do a scavenger hunt um, on bicycles, and you do it around local local towns in the Bronx, and all the food gets brought back usually at a brewery that gets picked out. And that one year, it happened to be at the um, at the Gun Hill Tavern, and that's how I kind of came in contact with Dave um, from Gun Hill. And that's uh, that's the day that we met. They said they were looking for somebody to create labels. And um, it was Eddie who introduced me as a graphic designer. And then that's how the conversation started. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And then uh, we're, I think, why we, we get along so well. I, too, am a creature of the night. I think it's, I have just all these ideas in my head of things I want to do. And I don't know, like, it's not, I don't think, I don't know how healthy it is long term, but I'm old. And, but most nights I'm up till, you know, early nights going to bed before before one and so i'm usually up till two o'clock in the morning i think it's just i think it's with the kids though too you know just i I just need i just need to like be able to stretch my arms out to the left and the right and not have to worry about somebody falling or messing up or needing to be fed and what have you and again my boys if you listen in the future dad loves you but dad need dad needs some dad time (laughs) you know um and so yeah so i just yeah yeah, i feel that you know i think it helps me and i have all these notebooks with ideas and you know things i'm trying to research and look up so (sighs) yeah it's beautiful i think there yeah so like you know that's how that's how i kind of met dave that night and um we linked up shortly after just to give him the idea of what i had envisioned for you know i did my research on the brand and what what they were doing that's how I kind of came up with the idea of like, you know, what would be cool if it's different? Every every hand is different. Every can is different. Um, and we did change the layout of the, the can a little bit at that point. Um, but I, I got to say, man, I, I give them a lot of credit and, and, and thanks that they did allow me to run with pretty much whatever mm-hmm. idea I have. I get very little direction from them as far as what they want other than the name and the ingredients for the beer. And they're very generous as to you know, how much liberty I can take with each design. Um, you know, we make minor tweaks and revisions here and there as, as right. it's usual, but it's, you know, I'm very fortunate that I get very little pushback as to, or or restrictions as to how creative I can get with these designs. So are you responsible for the 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 bottom ribbon? Like the, the I think it's like the bottom 20% or so, that's the name. Is that is that kind of... Yeah, the bottom ribbon, ribbon and the side of the spine. Um, it was something that I that I created, um, that I set in motion because they before that, uh, the can was very. It had the branding on like in six different sections of the of the can. Um, 
And the name of the can was just, you know, basically typed out towards the middle of it. You know, no, I don't mean to say that that's, that was bad, but I said, you, you can get away with doing a lot more if you make the ribbon at the bottom be a staple for your brand. So that way, whenever someone sees it, it's always there. And they're going to know it's from Gun Hill. Um, rather than always moving it around and having it in different places, it's better to just, you know, just for brand cohesion, just to have it in one place so that you look at that can from far away, you'll know it's a Gun Hill can because of that banner on the bottom. Yeah, I agree. I think that it, it gives you flexibility because, again, you're not just having it be the same one every time, but everyone knows and has like a thin layer of separation, which has kind of like, a, like you'd see on like spirits or stuff, you know, the, the wraparound aspect of it. So it's almost like there's two labels within, within one. Um, but yeah, I think that's just really smart. I think that, you know, as, especially as you're cranking out more cans, um, and the, and the brewery grows, which is great to see that it's just nice that they, you know, to, to have that level of, uh, of thoughtfulness and, and it's, I mean, it literally spells out the brewery's name too. So I think that, uh, I don't know, to your, to your earlier, you know, point, I think to be open-minded to that and to make that pivot, you know, I, I think folks don't always love the idea of change and, you know, just even presenting that, you know, took a little bit of balls just to say, Hey, I think we could do this a little bit better or we can improve upon, you know, what have you. So I think that's just, I think it's a testament and, uh, to support artists. I think that's one of the, the things I've grown to, to love about the, the beer industry. We're not beer heavy focused, but just that, you know, uh, labels give a lot of artists and creative folks uh, a jump-off point to to expand and uh, be seen by by so many people. Yeah, I mean they've they've been nothing but supportive of my artwork, which is which is great. You know, they've always been very open, um, and as I said, very little restrictions uh, as to how creative I can get with these with these concepts, which is amazing. You know, as an artist, that's super important. Like if. If you have somebody that comes at you and says, like, look, we love your style, we love what you're doing, just go crazy. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's rare that that happens, especially when you're messing with somebody else's brand. You know, it's their identity, it's their baby, it's their project. Um, and although I do go, you know, a little off handle and create my own stuff, I, I still carry that in the back of my head that I do have a responsibility to the brand, first and foremost, mm-hmm. to make sure that it represents them in a way that, you know, it's at the end of the day, I'm creating uh, an end product that, it needs to have a certain appeal for the customer, you know, and for the brand as well. So I design with these things in mind. You know, I I I, I get the name of the the beer that as they're brewing. I get the uh, all of the information on the ingredients, and I try to use that that information to now create a design that's going to be appealing on a shelf. That's going to you know, or or is going to be either tongue in cheek or bring a little bit of my humor, my sense mm-hmm. of humor to it, or my twist of how I I create these concepts. But also keep in mind that you know, is this right for Gun Hill Brewery at the end of the day? You know. Yeah, yeah, and uh, so w- with so you get the names. How much from like a project management standpoint? How much time are you you know given to from you know uh, mention or name to you know the to final from final deliverable um the process is usually a couple of weeks maybe two to three weeks depending on on my workload so it's very generous there are times that you know sometimes we we get something that we needed within a week or a turnaround of a couple of days um but yeah but most of the time is one to two weeks per per project but i'll get a bulk you know i'll get like about five or six labels at a time so I'll I'll get you know I'll get in touch with Dave. We'll have a conversation about the concepts. I'll get a list of maybe six names, 
or you know anywhere between four to six names and then I'll have about two weeks to come up with with all six of them oh, okay so that makes yeah that's uh that's yeah that's again that's still weeks though it's we've uh we've had some nightmares where yeah. people said they've got a couple of days here and there and just depends so I think that uh I don't know I'm always I'm always uh I always find it interesting, kind of uh, the the project management, kind of like the the behind the scenes grit of it, with uh, you know just planning and just it, the more the breweries are prepared, I think the the better they are long term for for success, which I think is important. You know, when you when Correct, you hear yeah. that they're just kind of duct taped together and some you know things of that nature, it doesn't. Um, it, it's a it's a telltale that you know when we when we look back on our fifth year anniversary, they might not be around. But uh, uh, it's a good, it's a, it's yeah, a, yeah. it's good right. to hear. And so I'm, I'm, yeah. So cheers to the crew at uh, at Gun Hill for having your shit together. So yeah, I appreciate it. For sure, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Making making my man's life easier. So that's great. Are you a beer guy? Do you enjoy Do you enjoy the fruits of your labor? I do, man. I, I do. I, I'm a big fan of of all the stuff that I that I kind of do. Like, um, I'll go. I'm in Jersey, but I do cross over to the Bronx every now and then, and go pick up like a box or two of of all the beers. And and I do have my wife also is a big collector of the cans that I've been doing so far, and you know she's a fan, for sure. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's it's yeah. I mean, I think that uh, when we get supported by the ones we love, it makes it it makes it even more enjoyable what we do, right? Yeah, I mean, you know, I'm up all, all night and, and take, you know, I, I it's it's hard, it's tricky because you know you're you're as a creative you're always on, like your mind is always on that. And I've I've always often had conversations with friends of mine where, you know, I got friends of mine who are in galleries all the time, doing shows and traveling all the time, and it's like you couldn't balance that and have a family at the same time. There's just no way, you know, something's gonna something's gotta is gonna capsize at one point or another. So it is. It is important to have, you know, people that support you. And again, it's, that's one of the most important things. And I do got to give a shout out to my wife, not for nothing, because she puts up a, with a lot of crap. <laughs> Which I'm constantly working on two to three projects, and I'm barely paying attention to them from, you know, from a couple of days at a time. So she handles support, takes out the kids, plays with them. You know, she she knows what's going on. She knows what what it takes. Um, but she's very supportive of when I get these projects and she knows that I'm going to be, you know, pretty much on lockdown for three days, just right. huddle down, head down and sketching. And, you know, but she also finds a way to include herself in these things. Like she'll set up the kids next to me and have them draw next to me, you know, where it's not necessarily that I shut myself out, but she finds a way to make it inclusive, you know, without me even knowing, like it, it becomes very organic in a sense. And my kids are now picking up art, you know, which is great. It's a, it's a great byproduct of that. But, yeah. um, but having that support makes a world of difference, you know, it makes it a lot easier. So and <laughs> I don't feel as guilty, you know, most of the time for, for not looking up when I have to. Yeah. Amen to that. I think, uh, yeah, that's one of the things, you know, with this, you know, we try to, we, scheduling and we, we've done events and you know going away and, and what have you and uh i don't know i think it's just i think it's important you know i if if this if doing this and being creative and having this outlet and you know obviously podcast and that's the thing i mean at least it's uh yours is helping to keep the lights on so to speak and you know my podcast this is my creative outlet and just gives me joy but you know and nice. i was listening there and they want to find us a way to to make some money off of it you know we're always open but you know, just to have this creative Correct. outlet and, uh, you know, my wife met me when I was doing, 
college radio again. I've seen it. Maybe I'm making some bad choices of uh, of payment terms, but uh, <laughs> but it just kind of uh, you know it, it allows us to to have that, and I think it's our kids have gotten like you're saying your kids are picking up art like. You know, my boys try to do, you know, their YouTube stuff and whatever and just, you know, have fun with it. And it just, uh, I think that we all inspire each other sometimes. We don't even realize it. So I think that, uh, you know, kudos, kudos to uh, Mrs. Bear. And, uh, you know, for, <laughs> yeah. Is there, you know, is there a Mrs. Fuzzed Up? You got to make a little, maybe a female version of the character. That Dude, she, she's been, she's been trying to get me to do that for years and I refuse to hmm. do so. <laughs> <laughs> sorry man i didn't really help the cause there but yeah yeah for years she's been trying and i refuse to do so because i'm like no the character doesn't have a lady he has he has adventures and he he doesn't have anyone to tie him down you know that's that's the version that i that i want to continue on like a uh, fun fact on if you look at the character on one of his arms he has these um names kind of tattooed on himself and they're all scratched off those are all of his ex-girlfriends. <laughs> so I, I want to keep him single. He's going to stay single. And um, the story with those, is, it starts up from the top is Anne. Um, and then it goes it Donna, to Punky. I think, I think there's one above no, it. Is it no, it's, it's Dolly. It's, let me see. Let me, yeah, it's Dolly. It's Anne. It's Punky. And then it's Barbie. And those are all doll names. So Dolly is a name. Then Anne is for Raggedy Ann. Punky, so the Punky nice. Brewster doll, and then there's Barbie. So it's in sequence, almost like in the times that they were released. So it kind of makes them a little bit older than most people would think. Um, but all of those are all of his ex girlfriends. <laughs> oh, good. I was like, because uh, that's why I paused. I was like, if you're gonna tell me you the balls to put your ex's names on that arm, I was like, then, uh, then, 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 yeah, yeah. No, that would have yeah, been a problem. At the very least, you could, yeah, <laughs> I would see put her on there, but um, yeah. I know I love I love the bear. I just think the way you you know from a, a single flat image, he's got so much character in life and just kind of the facial expressions you bring to what you know you, many would consider. You know. Yeah, I I do I do all of those like kind of like an old school animation style where I have like a little mirror and I'm looking at like me making these stupid faces and that's I use that as a basis to do it on the bear so it kind of like reflects. All right. On that. So he kind of looks like me a little bit because of it, but yeah, I, yeah, he's great. And I was looking at the Valentine's Day one, and the, there's like a vacation mode one. I just kind of like they're very, uh, yeah, they look like they look like I, I feel some days. Yeah. So it's good. <laughs> the other thing that now that we're talking about that or the way that he looks, the other thing that my wife pointed out, and I never noticed this, and then I was like, shit, that's that's so true, <laughs> is that through the years. Um, I have a horrible sense of time, so I don't remember. I think I've been doing this for like four, four or five years, I think. Um, through the years, he's looked skinnier at times than he looks fat. They look skinny, then he looks fat. And, he, and she's like, you do realize, like, you draw him the way you look. Like, sometimes you lose more weight, and he looks skinnier. And then when you gain more weight, he looks fatter. And I was like, no. And then I look back, and I look at times, so I was like, holy shit, that's yeah. true. So there are times where he looks skinnier, that he looks bigger, that he looks skinnier. Because yeah. I'm always like losing and gaining weight, right. depending on projects that I'm doing. Because I'm less active and I'm sitting down all the time, you know, fucking <laughs> staying home and eating, and and I gain weight, then I lose the weight, and I get, you know. And it was also with her with pregnancies too. Like like when she, when she would oh. get pregnant, she'll gain weight, of course, when she's pregnant, oh, and was, then I'll gain it with her. I was her. a train wreck of a man. And then yeah. I was a, she'll yeah. give birth. Yeah, she'll give birth, right? She'll lose the weight. And I keep it as a fucking souvenir. 
until the next one. And it's been like that for a while. Like, but I, I see that reflective also on the character. She pointed that yeah, out to me. And there's I a never great one. That. that resonates with me because there's the one that says all that, all the food you ate during the holidays didn't make you fat. It's like, you've been fat since August. It's like, I was dying when I read that one. Yeah. 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 Which is yeah. to your yeah. the father and the kids point. I met, we had this great photo of my firstborn. He was a preemie. So he was really little. And when we finally got him home, we both fell asleep on the couch and he's like on my belly and it's like a fucking Santa Claus belly. And it's like this beautiful picture in this moment. But every time I see it, I'm like, fuck, I'm like, did I, you know, what was going on? I, did I just give up on life at that point? You know? So it's, uh, yeah, they really, it really resonates with me, but the fact that you use it to, to do the facial expressions, you know, is really, is kind of, uh, it's kind of fitting. Cause then you have your, you know, your New Year's, your New Year's bear, and he looks, you know, he looks dapper and, and smooth to yeah. go. So, yeah, I can see that. Yeah. I like that you, you, you humanize him. Dude, yeah. I'm going to tell you something right now. Listen, nothing would make you want to lose weight faster than you taking your shirt off in front of your th- three-year-old and looking at you weird. Like, I, I did that when, when, uh, when my, um, when my four-year-old was born, um, he was about, he was about two, two and change. And I'm getting dressed and take my shirt off. And he looks up at me almost like a dog. You know, when a dog looks at me and just kind of skews his, slants his head almost to the side a little bit. But my son did that. And he looked at me like, what the fuck am I looking at? <laughs> Dude. And it messed with me. I'm like, all right, that's it. I'm working out. I'm, I got, I got to do something about this. This is, this is yeah, getting out of hand. Yeah. My, yeah, it's uh, what they say when they see you in the, in the shower. Uh, it's just, it's just hilarious. I mean, yeah, I'll leave it at that. That was, that was my, my biggest motivation was that I took my shirt off and my kid just looked at me like, what, what am I, what is this? What, what is yeah, that? What, what, what is what all happened, this? Dude? What no, happened, dude? What happened So, and, yeah, I'm like, I'm like, yep, this, this is where, it, where it's got to go. Yeah. It's got to go now. And we are back. You're listening to episode 166 of the 16-ounce canvas. Kelvis Polanco, a.k.a. Fuzzed Up Bear. Fuzzed Up Bear on Instagram. FuzzedUpBear.com.com. And I I hope this, re- this episode is just, you know, giving you the feels like it does for me. I think his story just is, is versatile. It shows, you know, positive, you know, something as simple as just positive reinforcement. You know, the, we're going to get into the, the human initiative, you know, his career, you know, encouragement, you know, just kind of collaborations, you know, with Gun Hill to, you know, the, the work he's done in fashion to what he's doing now. Like I said, we're going to get into, you know, the, the great collaboration with Pantone and just we're just getting started here, folks. But, you know, I think it's great. You know, just, you know, we connected, uh, you know, we scheduling is the hardest part. And we tried to schedule, you know, it was unfortunate his son uh, got injured, you know, one of the days right before we were about to, about to, you know, go live and, you know, start recording. And it was the most, like, relatable connection point that I've had in a while. It just kind of, you know, my, my youngest is kind of the, the wild child and he's broken his arm before and just kind of he's jumping over stuff and it's just a matter of time. It's not if, it's just when or how many you know, trips more will go to the ER or the, the doctors, but we're trying to, you know, avoid that now going on. But just, I don't know. 
like the beauty of it is I, I find people through beer, but there's these human stories and we connect and I, I learn about them and you're really experiencing that. I would say 95% of the time we've never spoken before, probably even less if you do the math like of the 166, maybe 98, 99% of the time, maybe a couple emails, you know, but it's just it's just a beautiful thing, you know, you're real, and this is two people connecting for the first time, we don't really have a big pre-interview, there's no staff here prepping, you know, I don't have a, you know, a ton of notes that, you know, I've done, you know, I just do my research and, you know, go and celebrate and go through their story and their history and what's going on, but it's just really, this is a great episode, so I hope you're digging it, episode 166, it's a little bit long this week, so I'm going to cut myself short, I'm going to do a little uh, self-monitoring here, so let's just get right back into it. Lots of good stories, lots of good creativity. Fuzzed up bear, fuzzedupbear.com. Just simple. Let's get at it. Here we go. Right here. As a father, you know, do you, how do you feel having, you know, kids and a family has uh, impacted you as an artist? Do you feel, has it, have you noticed anything different, whether, you know, what projects you work on or, you know, just the, the stories you're telling? Like, how has, have you found that as part of your evolution? It's definitely been a, a, an evolutionary thing as far as like the, the more for the character more than my other lines of work that, that I do. Um, if again, if you go and you scroll through, you'll see you almost kind of see the transition of where certain things and life events happen to me, and you'll see a change in, in the mood of the character. And I started seeing that, um, and then this is also something you know my my wife is one of my biggest fans, and she'll always point stuff out to me that I don't notice because I'm just doing it, you know. Um, there were times there, you know, there were a couple of things that happened to me that, that completely marked me and stopped me from, from creating, you know, there, there are times that we all get really low and sad and deep and depressed. And those are the times where like, I create the least amount of things. And I just focused on my regular job, you know, my regular work for, cause I could do that, you know, pretty much without thinking about it. But I feel that buzz is more of an extension of me to, you know, to, to a large degree. So it reflects a lot of my mood of what I'm doing. Um, there was, there was a time a couple of years ago where I had a, my little cousin who's very close to me. She was almost like my sister. You know, she also had a, a large influence in early on when I was creating Fuzz and what I was doing with the character. And she, you know, she committed suicide and it completely fucked with me. Like it, you know, when that happened, I didn't create, I think it was a good year that I just stopped drawing. You know, I didn't create, I didn't do anything with the character at all. And, um, I had a lot of people, you know, chiming in and say, Hey, where'd you go? What happened? You know, I started losing like a ton of followers because I wasn't creating anything. People thought I just went away. Um, and you know, it's, it's one of those things where I, 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 I didn't know where to pick it back up. Like, I didn't know what to do. And, you know, once I found my strength to kind of go in, because I would say, you know, this is not something that she would have wanted me to do. She wouldn't have wanted me to stop and, you know, kind of find my ground again and started doing doing that and continue moving forward. Um, but the evolution of the character and the artwork goes almost in line with things that happen to me personally a lot of the times. Although I'll do some comedic stuff that has absolutely nothing to do with my personal opinion or life. It's just something that I thought about that, hey, that's, that's funny, you know, and I did that. Um, but it would turn out to, 
to kind of be a heavy influence in how the character evolves over time. And, you know, as I got a little bit older and I had more responsibilities and started working on more projects, then I started doing less and less posting. Because when I first started the character as an exercise, I was doing one post every single day. And as I went on, it kind of started slowing down. And the character evolved and then it ultimately also turned into sort of like a bit of a brand because people started asking me for, hey, do you make t-shirts? You know, do you make prints? Do you sell prints? Do you make stickers? And it kind of started evolving on its own into, into that. And the more projects I evolved into, the more venues I opened up, the less time I had to actually draw the character. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry for, sorry for your loss. Yeah, man. I, I, and I thank you for being, you know, vulnerable to, to share that with us. I, yeah, I think that, um, I, yeah, I think that we all find our ways to have our creative outlet. And I'm glad that, you know, I'm glad that you use it to, to tell your stories. And like I said, uh, I've been drawn to the, the messaging and kind of, you know, just how a simple bear can, and I don't say, I don't mean to minimize, I don't want to say simple, but you know what I mean? Like just as, just this bear is, you know, is telling these stories and telling these opinions and really, you know, being. Yeah. And again, it's, it is minimized because it is for the most part, it's always been a one like, yeah, thing. Yeah. Like it's a, it's a one post. You know, it's very short to the point. Um, so it's always like a, like a thought, you know, it's like, it's almost like a thought that you put out there and an opinion and it's there and it's gone. You know, it's either funny or it's personal or, you know, it could be sarcastic or it's just an opinion on politics or something that's going on right now, you know, and I, and, and I got the, the same backlash that I see, you know, not, not to compare myself to a celebrity or say that I'm a celebrity at all, but you see how somebody has an opinion and say, Oh, go, you know, go back to your show, stay acting mm -hmm. or dribble and whatever. But uh, hold on. You, you want to have an opinion to a certain extent. I know the character is fictional. I know most of the stuff that I put on there, it's not a hundred percent personal opinion per se, but you, as a human being, you do have a sense of responsibility to be able to talk about these things, you know? And I think that the, the way that us as a social group, in a sense, have been over the years neglecting to talk about certain issues, you know, say, Oh, I don't discuss politics. or I don't, I don't want to talk about this. I don't want to talk about that. That's what makes it even more difficult. The fact that we're not talking about it is what makes it into a bigger problem that we just keep shoving into a corner, you know? Yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, like I said, this is giving up my time, my place away from my family. And if I have, you know, for me, it's, I don't know if no one listens. I don't really I mean that. I mean, obviously I want people to listen, but that's, it's, um, I would never compromise my values or my opinions for the idea that like whatever that could be. And I think that, um, I think that what you're doing is, is important. You know, I think that you can just say, you know, it's not, it, it, it nudges people. It kind of, uh, you know, taps on the glass a little bit, gets people thinking and you know, you don't have to, you know, that one pain is really powerful because it just, you know, it's, it gets, it, it hopefully will get conversations going and it can, you know, if, uh, you know, if a bear can get it going, I think that, you know, maybe more people would, you know, sit down and talk with each other about some stuff. Yeah. And I think that's really key. And I think it's cool because you said yeah. early on that for your, for, you know, when you started drawing that you wanted to be a comic book artist. I mean, reality is you, you are, you know, that's one of the, that's one of the hats you wear and, you know, you have this comic book, you know, you could easily take a lot of these drawings and, you know, 
put them into a, a calendar or a comic book or, or whatever, you know, the life and times of Fuzz the Bear. And I think people would, would buy that pretty quickly. Yeah, and I feel like um, a lot of the stuff that I've done are, are so relatable that it, it's not dated. You know, you can always kind of scroll back and see something that, that's funny or, you know, or or even if it is dated, it's something that I spoke about that was happening at the time. Um, so, you know, it's, it's still something that you can pick up. Like, I've, thought, I've also thought about doing um, maybe a calendar with um, some of the skits that I've done or doing a limited edition printed book with a collection of all the stuff that I've done over the yeah. years, which should be, should be kind of fun, but I just haven't found, you know, the right way of doing it, or I'm not sure if I have enough interest for me to make that and put it into publishing, but yeah. we'll see. So it's a thought that I've always had just having a collective book of, of everything that I've yeah. done. Now, is it, is it, which comes first? The, the, the thought, like, is it, do you, do you have a statement that you want to say that day? And then you try to, you know, find the, the right, way to present it with the bear or do you, you know, how, how what, what comes first? Yeah. I, it's just the thought is the idea. And I have, um, I have a note section in my phone where I just write like a, um, I'll write like a thought. And if I find uh, a cool way to illustrate it, then I'll, I'll create the illustration going with, with the thought of, of what I had in mind. Um, that's usually how, how it goes. Okay. Now, uh, given that you've you've using the iPad a lot more, is each bear drawn for that thing, or do you have a way now that you can? I don't know if it's cheating, but just kind of like a bear bear templates that you can work from. No, I always do it. Um, I got to do it from scratch each time. I thought about doing that where I have like different heads, different expressions, different arms, and, and whatnot. Um, but I've um, I. I like doing my own thing each single time i figured that because you said you had the stack of uh you know the papers in the house i was like the, that that would have been a huge pivot you know if, if you'd done that but i was you know i was uh i was definitely curious now when do you when do you decide to use what's the 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 decision when when you bring color into you know, into the into the into the drawing Color I started doing more more recently because it's easier for me to do it on the iPad and it's quicker. Um, and I found, mm -hmm. you know, that I have less time nowadays. So it's easier for me to just do it while I'm doing it on the, on the iPad. So the more recent ones have been the ones that I've been doing with color have been on the iPad. Okay. Yeah, I like, I, I, or I like when you do like an accent color. It really, it just pops off the thing. Look at, look at the bow tie. Yeah, because before I would have to, you know, I sketch it out, um, ink it, and then I'll grab either. Um, I used to use gouache a lot because it dries quickly. So it's kind of like watercolor. So it's easier to work with and, and faster. Um, but on the iPad, it's just, you know, a lot quicker for me to do so. Okay. Yeah. You're, yeah. You're, we hadn't, I would say we hadn't heard about gouache in like 160 plus episodes and then. <laughs> I guess oh, we I had a couple it. weeks. No, I guess we had a couple weeks ago mentioned it. So like, I love to hear it twice in like a month is like crazy to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so tell tell everybody because I think that you know part of it when you're using your uh, you know to go back to the superheroes and comic books using your powers for good. You know the Pantone uh, kind of human being initiative. Can you speak a little bit about that? You know, like I said, if you go to fuzzedupbear.com, there's also a link right from uh, Instagram. You, you know the, the shirts that you have. 
um, onesies for all the, the families out there. But uh, it's really, yeah, it's really great. So I just wanted to give you an opportunity sure. to share what that's all about. The way that came about was um, when the when the George Floyd killing happened, you know, the, when the video was released, I had a, a large group of my friends, you know, keep asking me, hey, did you see the video? Did you see the video? And I was like, I, I can't see another video. Like, you know, I just had... I just had seen one recently and I was like, I, I don't want to see another one. Like I, I don't like, I'm, I'm tired. I'm done with this. But there was one night that I was like, you know what? It's a responsibility for us to see it, you know, because a lot of the times, you know, this, this is not new again, it's just being recorded more often. It's just put out there more often because now there's video evidence of it. So, you know, it's, it's something that needs to be discussed. It's something that, that we need to speak about. And again, it's all about having that conversation. It's not saying, you know, it's, it's, it's not pinning against one group against each other and creating an argument out of that is it's like, why is this happening? You know, and, and why is this is it's so often and the way it, it happens, people talk about it, then it disappears until the next one comes up. Um, and I said, all right, fine, I'll watch the video. And I watched the video. And by the end of it, what I took away from it was the way that, you know, the officer was leaning on George Floyd's neck and the look that he had on his face and the way he had his hands in his pockets. And, and it's his whole body language that it was like, it's almost as if he's not even considering that he's stepping on a human being's neck. It's almost like, oh, he's just, you know, holding down a piece of paper. It's paperweight pretty much, you know, and that's what I took away from that video that it wasn't a human, like he wasn't doing that to a human being. Like it's, you know, forget that if it was a criminal, if it was somebody that had committed a crime, it's the fact that he was doing that without thinking of the consequences of what could happen to this person, you know, regardless of rage, the, the race or, or color or whatever it was, it, it wasn't even about that. It was like the sense of humanity was gone. He's not being looked at as a human being. So when I stopped watching the video, um, that's what I thought about. It's like, you know, it's, it's the color of the skin. What is it about the color of the skin that you see and you don't see a human being? And then, you know, as I said, I come from the fashion industry and I work a lot with Pantone. Pantone is, you know, we our color standards for fabrics, for, for inks on the graphics, for everything. So I kind of saw the color chips for Pantone. And I wanted to kind of like bring this out and say, you know, this too is, is human. This is a human being. This is not a color. This is not a, a shade. This is not something that, you know, you can dismiss. It's a human being at the end of it. Um, and that's where the image came from. So I put that, I quickly put that together with a, with a photograph that I had in the past and just put it out there, just uploaded it into Instagram and it was up there and I shut down you know, pretty much everything it was like 11 o'clock at night when I did it. And I started getting all these, you know, great responses from it that I didn't kind of, you know, I did it more to, to raise awareness more than anything else. And um, the way kind of, it kind of snowballed was that I got an email the next morning from a publicist saying that they would like to use the, the image on their social media um, platforms to kind of raise awareness. So, you know, they were asking me for permission for, to use the image. So I said, sure, you know, I'm a little weary because I did use Pantone on it and I'm not affiliated with Pantone on an official capacity. So I was very hesitant to kind of say yes or no, whether they could. 
but I did give him the disclosure and said, look, yeah, sure, you can share it, but, you know, full disclosure, this is not a, an official thing with Pantone. It turns out that the person who shared it is a publicist for Kim Kardashian, and they put it on their social media outlets for the uh, Kim Kardashian, um, I think it was their, their makeup account that started at first, and then it went to their, their other platforms, and that's when the image went viral. And at that point, um, I think it was like 30,000 likes in, and I was like losing my mind. Um, everybody, you know, kept my DMs were filled up. People asking me for prints, for T-shirts, for what, you know, whatnot. And I didn't, I, I didn't feel comfortable producing or selling anything because, again, I'm, I know I'm sending a message. I know that the message is positive, but I'm using Pantone's brand as a vehicle to send the message. So I know that I didn't have kind of like the authority for me to be able to print those shirts without, you know, possibly getting legal action from Pantone. So I kind of just stayed away from that. Um, and two days later, I get a, a direct message from Pantone on an official capacity. So I see the Pantone message and I'm like, oh, crap, here we go. You know, I thought I was going to get in trouble. And it was very positive. You know, said, they said, look, we love the image that you, that you created. It's a powerful message. You know, is it okay if we use it? And I was like, well, as far as I'm concerned, <laughs> you have the authority over it. And you can use it as however you like. Um, but I took the opportunity that I had there their attention. And I said, look, since I have your attention, will it be okay if I produce some items to sell that, I, you know, so that I can make donations to the cause, you know, either I'll pick a couple of different organizations that promote social justice and, and donate a hundred percent of the proceeds. And the person that got back to me said, you know, we're, we're going to have to run that through corporate and see where, where the stance is. And then we'll get back to you. So that was like a process of about two days. And then I got word that they were, you know, they were on board, that they were open to to me creating a couple of products, you know, and I'll make the donations. So the, the only thing that I had in mind at the moment was just the postcards, because nowadays you get a lot of online petitions. A lot of people fill stuff out online and they send it out and you fill these petitions, you make these donations. And, and it almost feels like, I, I know these things work and I know it raises awareness, but I'm still kind of like, I like the feel of things. I like the feel of paper, you know, and you're getting letters in your mail. You can't ignore that. Like you can ignore a petition online. So my thought was like, I wanted to create postcards that could be sent across the, you know, across the nation to, to, to legal offices, to, to some of these representatives of, of different states and towns and counties and sheriffs and the police departments and, you know, legislators and lawmakers because these are the people that ultimately make a difference. You know, these are, we're, we're playing by, by the rules of, of government at the end of the day. We're playing by the laws of local gov government and, and national government. So that's where change needs to happen in order for things to move forward. You know, we can sign a petition, we can march, but unless these laws changes, unless it's in writing, nothing changes. Um, and to me, it was more important to get those letters out to these people directly and and get them in their hands so that it, it's it's harder to ignore in that way and they were completely on board with it they were completely on board with it and um and that's how it kind of started and then you know i got uh, a licensing agreement with them where they allowed me to use the image and their trademark you know for this purpose alone and then um so i can donate 100 percent of the proceeds to you know to promote social justice that's, I mean, 
That's amazing. And folks, and when we're talking about making an impact, if you go, you can go to Pantone, you can go to the Fuzzed Ups, you know, page and you can see what, what they're doing. But I mean, we're talking hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like, I mean, that's just, I mean, to me, that it just warms my heart. And it just really, it's a beautiful story, you know, and just that you were using, you, know, you just needed to have this outlet and this creative thing. And then it took off and then, you know, it, it's just, yeah, it's, it's just wonderful. Yeah, no, and I give Pantone, I give Pantone a lot of credit for getting into the conversation of it because, you know, again, this is a subject that, you know, no one wants to get involved because it's heated and it's fiery and people take sides. And sometimes it's like, no matter what you do, you're still looked at in a negative way or a positive, like it hurts either way. A lot of businesses, I understand the want to get into the conversation because it affects them financially and nobody wants to lose. You know, I get it. Like, I understand that. Um, perfect example was when when it came out when i put the image out there there was a lot of people complaining on pantone's page and tagging me and saying why didn't pantone think of this first you know why are you not backing this guy up why is this not on your page you know why are you not getting behind this and a lot of people don't understand that there's a process to these things there's a lot of people in the conversation it's just not a unilateral decision on, on, on a social media you know aspect of it. There's a lot of conversations that need to happen internally within the company of how do we make an effective change? How do we get involved? How do we do it in the right way? And th these were the conversations that were kind of going behind the scenes between Pantone and I and the, um, and the social media director for Pantone also, who's, who's super generous with her time. Um, you know, her name is uh, Lindsay. I forget her, her last name now. She's going to kill me. Sorry, Lindsay. Uh, but she she was very generous with her time and putting me in contact directly with, with uh, Pantone Corporate and trying to move the ball in that direction. And she was also, you know, in love with, with the idea that I was trying to get across. Um, and she, you know, she, she was a guiding light in, in the whole process. But, you know, these things take time and you have to have a process in order of how, how these things play out. Um, and Pantone was doing, a, a, you know, their best in, in trying to get these, this thing rolling. And while these things, these conversations were happening behind the scenes, you had a lot of people attack them on social media. You know, like they're trying to do the right thing. They're trying to get involved somehow. They're trying to figure out what's the process on how it works, you know, on, on a level where they can get involved. And at the same time, you have a lot of people attacking them and saying like, you know, you should have done this year. You know, this should be the color of the year, not the other color you picked. And it's like, you're never going to make people happy, yeah. you know, no matter what you do or how you try to help. Like someone, someone's always going to be angry. Like someone's always going to have a problem with what you're doing. And I think that one of the, one of the greatest things about, you know, the design, not to toot my own horn, is that you can't argue against the message. You know, you can't argue against that at the end of the day, it was a human being. You can't argue against the case that no matter what color you are, what race you are, where you come from, what your nationality is, you are a human being. And it's hard for you to take the stand against that. You know, you can make it about race and fight about race and racism all day. Sure. You, you can say who's right, who's wrong, whether, you know, we can take down not monuments or not or keep them or whatever the conversation is for that. You can do that all day long. And everybody has a side. Everybody has a valid ar argument to, to their point. But you can't argue against the fact that the person who was killed is a human being, regardless of what had happened, regardless of the color of anything else, it was still a human being. And I think that's, that's the most powerful thing about that message is that it's, it's a, you know, you have to see what happened as a human being, 
independent of, of what you think of, of society. It's like, you have to be a human being and look at that and say, was that right? No. Yeah. Yeah. I just think it's, I think it's wonderful. Cause to your point, it's very easy to, to find excuses or justify or say, Oh, you know, we're gonna do something else and you know, we're gonna do this, we're gonna do that. And, but you know, for change to happen, I think that people have to make, you know, I remember when, uh, like Dick Sporting Goods took a stance against, you know, uh, you know, having certain, you know, I don't think they sell guns anymore actually at all. And people were like, well, fuck you, you know, da -da, you're going to go down to business. And then I read a couple weeks ago that, mm -hmm. you know, their year over year growth is, has been exponential. It's exceeded any expectations. And so obviously you hope that people do things for the right reasons and for, you know, the human aspect of it, but it's just nice to, to see, you know, people take chances and, you know, a, co a color company, right. Who's, you know, world renowned, uh, you know, it doesn't need name or brand recognition to, to do that. And yeah, yeah. you go in there and you scroll and people see, you know, you know, all lives matter and all that, you know, bullshit like that, where it's just like, okay, you're, you're not, you're not listening. You're not willing to have a conversation. And I think that, uh, I think that it's a it's a powerful image, and folks, if you haven't seen it, um, you know I just think that you should, you know, take a chance to head on over fuzzedupbear.com, fuzzedupbear on Instagram. You know, uh, really great to hear that about Pantone, and uh, yeah, good on you, man. I just think it's I think it's great. You know, yeah, that, uh, I mean, I, I it's it was crazy how it happened and how quick. You know, once they they got the green light from. From, from management, you know, in corporate rather for me to go forward. So, yeah, well, what I was surprised was that, you know, how quickly things, once I got the okay from, from Pantone Corporate and we, we had a, a licensing agreement in, in place, um, this, this was about three days before Juneteenth. So, you know, that date was, was, a, was a date that I had in mind to release any, everything and kind of release just the postcards and, and whatnot and possibly some T-shirts at the time. But, you know, the negotiations took about a week for them to finalize the contract and the licensing agreement to put it in place. And then I originally just wanted to make the announcement, uh, the official announcement for the, collab the, the collaboration and the donations that Pantone themselves were making, which... Um, I believe it amounted to upwards of $400,000 that they were donating. And then in partnership with me, creating some of the assets that I was going to sell, which 100% of the proceeds from those assets, which are on, on my website on fustabear.com, that's, you know, I wanted to make the announcement that, that day. And then I got word from their marketing uh, department that said, no, we need to release the products on that day. And I was like, holy crap. Okay. Um, so I literally had, about a day and a half to create the, the the visual assets for the marketing aspect of this. I had to create the portal on my page to sell these items, to create the mock-ups of the photographs of the items that I had produced, like the postcards, the t-shirts and all that, to make them, have them be available and live on the website for Juneteenth. And I was losing my mind because I had, you know, my regular job that I was still working, you know, I was working from home granted at that time, but I still had to kind of balance this out. And how do I make a marketing campaign around this so that it's visually pleasing, that it makes sense and is aesthetically fine, you know, and then upload and create everything and create the mock-ups, have the website, put up the inventory. And I had to do that in about a day and a half. 
and that was the crazy part of it. Um, and I was able to achieve this with two very talented friends of mine that I have. One of them is Desiree Moya, and um, the other one is um, Louis Moya. And they both helped me in getting this thing over the line in a day and a half. Like, you know, we were constantly calling and FaceTiming back, you know, back and forth just to get this done and, and uploaded. And, um, but yeah, it, it was nuts. It was a, it was a crazy, crazy week for sure. But it, it was in my eyes, you know, successful launch and, and, and looked great. Yeah. Again, again, folks, check it out. There's a link right there on, uh, on fuzzed up bear on Kellis's page on Instagram. It takes you to a store storefrontier.com and, uh, backslash product backslash human being and i think this is exactly the type of stuff that we're you know we're we're all in on and we really yeah i just i just admire i just admire you know what 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 you're doing and it's really just it's really i mean it's really wild just to see the evolution of how it's gone you know you're saying this was just your idea to have a creative outlet you know from your your corporate you know corporate side of stuff and then you know on the, on the way to work and now it's his character and then you know you're, you're using your you, you have a pretty substantial following as well you know to to evolve yeah and, and it just keeps it it keeps it it keeps evolving you know every time right. which i love you know yeah. it, it brings me to so many different paths that i would have never thought to get involved in on a on a personal level because you know although i've done i've worked on some pretty high profile projects on on a professional level with the companies that i worked for it has never been you know, um, my name is not out there like that. You know, my my involvement on the project is in upfront and center. You know, and with Fuzz, I've been able to do that on on a number of projects. You know, without even thinking about it, with you know, without expecting it or, or wanting to go in that route, it just kind of happened um, because of either the moment or, or what I said or what I created that kind of you know, impacted someone else in that way to reach out to me and say, Hey, I want to work with you and on this project, you know, and, and, and that's been, it's fulfilling in a way because it, it says my own voice aside from my corporate job also matters. You know, what I do on my own time is stuff that I create because, you know, for the most part, I did fuzz just to do it. I took my time out to draw these things and put them out there. I never sold prints for the, for the first couple of years. And I did it on my own time, you know, not expecting to make any money out of it, just out of pure entertainment. You know, that's how it really just started. It was just a way for me to have a creative outlet, have fun. And then I started, you know, having fun with my followers and my the interactions that I had with them. And it was great and it was funny. You know, we could I have followers that have been following me for six years. And I still talk to them to this day. You know, we still DM. We've I've made friendships, you know, that I've met people in person. Like I don't have a picture of myself on there at all. Um, no one, I don't think any of my followers that, you know, that other than the ones that I've decided to meet with and, and kind of like have a beer with and draw, know what I look like. And this was all done on, on purpose um, because I've always wanted to make it more of like it's a character, you know, and I wanted to keep it like it's all about the character. You know, although like the past three years, I dropped in more personal stuff, you know, because I feel like. I don't, I don't know. I just kind of felt more open to kind of discuss things about life that I feel no one talks about. And I kind of wanted to get a little bit more personal with, with my followers and, and have these discussions and have these conversations. But um, from the, from the get has always been just an outlet, you know, just a creative outlet. Yeah. I'm, your work resonates with me. I think that 
like you're saying, it's uh, you can see the evolution of you and even your comfort level with with the character and the stories that he's telling and and where we are in life. You know, I always like to think of things as like a timeline. And if you drop these images on different points in our our history, uh, you know, wherever it would be, it would be. It's really interesting. You can kind of, you know, I would go back and I would look at that and see what time that was on and see if there's any, you know things happening but it's just really uh yeah it's really it's inspiring to me to take something that you was just like to keep your sanity and not you know and not completely you know give up that that creative uh, one of the other creative sides of of your your personality and then you know here we are here we are today and it's a you know it's it's a character it's a you know it's a it's a following and it's really yeah uh, i applaud you for that and now, with that said, you have this other account, which I don't, I don't really know about. So, there's sick crayons. Are you now doing tattoos, man? Are you tattooing people? <laughs> yeah, as 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 if I, you know, didn't have enough hours in the day. Yeah, I I, I picked up tattooing recently. I started um, back in, you know, pretty much uh, last summer, like I would say June of last summer. I started an apprenticeship at a local tattoo shop. Um, and then I started kind of taking off on my own after that, like towards November, but I, you know, as an artist, every, every, I think every, every person has a friend who draws, it's like, you should do tattoos, you know? And that's always been the thing for me. Like my friends over the years, have always been trying to get me to tattoo. Um, and I never had kind of like the ability to get into it. Um, mostly because the apprenticeships for the most part require that, you know, you kind of work full-time at a shop um, and most of the time is unpaid, which is not a bad thing. I, I get how that works. And, and I have a lot of respect for, for a lot of these tattoo artists have grown in that culture. And it's, and it's an amazing thing to have a, a mentor that kind of, you know, kind of shows you the craft from the beginning and all that. But I was never in a position where I was able to do that. Um, you know, I've been on my own since I'm 17 years old. I, I went to college, kind of almost put myself to college on my own. My parents lived in the Dominican Republic. You know, the day that I graduated college, I had to find an apartment and pay rent, and I've been working ever since. Um, and by the time I started to take a closer look and a more serious look at tattooing, I already, you know, by that time I had a mortgage. I was married, and I just couldn't, you know, stop my my regular job and jump into an apprenticeship like that. But I was fortunate to to find somebody who would let me apprentice during you know during the weekend so i i hustled all, all summer like i was in there friday saturday and sunday um kind of learning the ropes and you know soaking in as much information as i could about the craft um i was familiar with the world of tattooing i know a lot of tattoo artists um doesn't make me a tattooer by by any any way but i do have an appreciation for the art form you know just like i said like i work in all of these different mediums and i i love creating um and to me, I saw it as another medium that I that I can kind of work in, and um, and the more I started learning about it, the more I started working on it, the more I started to fall in love with it, and kind of kicking myself in the ass. It's like shit. I should have done this decades ago. Like I should have done this fucking fifteen years ago. You know, this is what I should have been doing. Um, there's such a rewarding thing about tattooing that it's very personal and it's very, you know, you're working with, with your client on a project, you're developing the concept and it's a one-on-one thing. And then you, you kind of create this thing for them that, you know, you put your own twist on it, your, your own artistic twist on it, but it's also their concept and, and their idea, which is very personal to them. 
um, then you create it and you put it on their skin forever. You know, it goes on there and lives with them forever. Um, and one experience that I've had with tattooing is that every single job from beginning to end is nothing but like, you know, I, I haven't had the, I mean, I haven't been doing it long enough that I can say, um, you know, I had bad experiences with, with customers. I, I've heard a ton of stories, but I haven't had that happen yet, but it's, is the beauty of it that you start creating this process with this person and, and creating something for them. You create it and you put it on their skin and they walk away happy, you know, and it's that whole experience from beginning to end that I kind of fell in love with. And while you're working on them, like you're having these conversations and you're sharing stories together too, you know, and I don't know, I, I kind of fell in love with the craft now where I'm, I'm taking it a lot more seriously than the, not that I thought I would, because I take everything that I do seriously. Every every project that I that I approach, every medium that I tackle, like I want to learn it to the to the fullest extent. Um, and I'm constantly doing research. You know, I'm still learning a lot. You know, I'm constantly learning, and I I hope to to kind of continue and make this you know the the one thing that I focus on for the years to come. To be honest. Well, yeah, I dig. I mean, everything I'm seeing. Uh, so far, I really, I really dig on it. Uh, I started, you know, I got my first tattoo of, uh, uh, I don't even know when I got it actually, but it's uh, of our son. You know, he's, I guess I do four, he was a preemie. And so I got his, you know, his footprints over my heart to scale. And so that's, but I mean, I love it. So I'm, I'm going to get some more next year, but you know, I, I would, I definitely would, I think that we'll, we'll hook up at some point. I think I could, I would definitely, uh be down with uh having some of your work on on me at somewhere so i think it's i think it's great and, uh, oh man that'd be a pleasure yeah i think it's just awesome. great to to see what you're doing and just kind of uh i don't know like yeah you're uh you're a quick learner and some of these are just really great in great detail you can follow on instagram uh slick uh sick crayons excuse me but you know even just like out of that winnie the pooh it's just like there's just some really cool you know the openings of the wings and the openings of the, you know, the chest to, to make it look almost like a, a robot and what have you. It just, yeah, it's really cool to be able to bring yeah. your level of detail. Yeah. But then also like you have these, and I mean, it's, it's, what, almost, yeah. it's almost as if like everything that I've done throughout my, yeah. my artistic, my, my artistic career has helped me in a sense, kind of jump into it quicker and kind of pick it up a little bit quicker because, you know, I, I've worked in again, so many industries, so many mediums that, I, it, it's all about my, my artistic sense, my, my attention to detail, the, the way that I lay composition out to fit the form. Um, it's helped me a lot transition into tattooing in a, in a quicker way that, you know, some other people might, might take, you know, a lot of people have different journeys to get there. Mm -hmm. um, there's people that have been, you know, tattooing for 20 years and whatnot and learning the craft and I, I think that it's one of those things that you're constantly learning because the industry is it's evolving at a quicker rate nowadays it seems so you're always learning you know you're always doing new things and that's that was the other appealing thing to me it's like I, I'm always an art, art student first and foremost you know I, I love the exploration of art in all its mediums and I think this is a medium that just continuously keeps evolving and I love that yeah yeah because I think that it, it all ties together. You see, if people learn in this for 20 years, I mean, you're doing it, you know, your pencil sketches, you know, which is classic, you know, with that you do the sketch before you, you know, do the ink work and, you know, the versatility of the different styles, you know, you're, you're doing, you know, a dandelion and then you're doing, you know, the most basic, like one lined drawings, you know, of folks. And so the versatility for you to capture these moments of these feelings for people, I think it's just really just kind of, uh, 
you know, the culmination of you challenging yourself, working in different mediums, you know, working in fashion, you know, I keep mentioning it, but those, you know, the, the kicks that you've got with, you know, the drawings on there, that's like a, you know, a unique, a unique canvas to be working on, you know, the, the beer cans. And so it's, yeah, I think it's a great, it's again, another example of, uh, you know, giving love to your wife, you know, just deciding to be a, a tattoo artist and doing an apprenticeship on the weekends. You're, you're fucking crazy, but you know, I, I love it. And like I said, it, uh, it's a, it's a good choice. And you know, all the final products that you're showing on there are really, you know, are really great. And it's just cool. Even, you know, even just to kind of tie it back to what we were talking about with the human being, you know, the fact you're doing some, some human being tattoos on folks is just kind of a, it's even just uh I think that's kind of like just the, you know, the icing on, on the cake there. So, you know, yeah, that was, that was a cool thing because it kind of came full circle, right. you know, because it looks like it was, it was on the, on the hand uh, for the, for the image that I created for Pantone. And then, um, at a, one of the followers reached out to me and said, Hey, look, I would love to get this tattooed. Would, would you do that? I'm like, sure. Not, you know, like so I, it was a great honor in a sense. And then somebody else also got a tattoo. So I, I tattooed it already about four times yeah. on four different people, you, which is great. Yeah. Now, amazing. Now are you a tattoo guy? Like do you have tattoos? Yeah, I have, um, three tattoos originally. And then I have four that I've done on myself. <laughs> Yeah, your canvas is with you all the time. Oh man, that's a that's, that's <laughs> yeah. I started no, I you know I did the the, the whole rite of passage for tattooing, which is you know you you got to tattoo yourself before you tattoo someone else, and I and I did that. I did um, I did a version of the bear, um, almost in a kind of like in a card comic book style, kind of realistic way, and I did it on my thigh. And then after that, um, during quarantine, I just kept doing tattoos on my on my thigh, and then I'm moving on to my left one now. So I got a, a couple that I've added throughout this whole shutdown. I love it. I love it. All right, two more questions. Uh, I could talk to you for days, but uh, <laughs> no, which is a ultimate compliment for me, and it just makes makes it so easy. Um, we talked about it. You know, your your journey, your path. Uh, you know, you you mentor, looked out for some folks. What kind of advice would you have for somebody? who just, you know, they, they have that craving to be create, you know, creative and draw and, you know, uh, illustrate, you know, to kind of, to kind of go for it. Any, any advice for, for somebody at that kind of crossroads? Like we said, it's not always seen as that depending on where you're from. Yeah, or... I, my, my biggest advice to, to a fellow artist or, or, you know, cause you can say up and coming, everybody's up and coming. You're always creating, you're always at a different place in a stage. Um, it's so much easier now with social media to see, to have your work seen, um, it gives you an immediate platform to show your work. Never stop working. You know, the, the, to say hustle is an understatement. Like you're, you're always as good as how much practice you put into your craft, you know, how much dedication you put into your craft, how much hard work you put into, you know, creating your own style and developing your own voice with your artwork. Um, don't focus on trying to be like someone else. Or saying, oh, I have to be more realistic and draw photorealistic stuff, or I want to be more abstract like this person or that person. Find inspiration, sure. Use other artists' inspiration, but create your own voice. Create your own style and harness that. And I would say chisel at that. Because it'll come a point where what you create becomes unique, and that's what's going to set you apart. Um, you trying to create and emulate other people all the time is not going to get you anywhere. Finding your own voice will push you against, you know, above everybody else, you know, because there's so many, so many people have an artist page nowadays. You, you can bump into so many different artists, so many different styles, 
but what's going to set you apart from everybody else? And that's your unique voice that you put into your artwork. So I would say focus on that first um, and try to, you know, work on your own craft, draw every day, paint every day. Um, if you need to take a break, sure. You know, everybody needs to break. Every, you know, I've taken fucking a year from first one day, you know, shit happens, life happens, yeah. but always stay the path, you know, be creative, think creative, write down your ideas, always write them down. Even if you never do them, like, like I said before, I have, um, uh, the notes application on my phone filled with, with ideas that I was going to do for first and, and I never did them and they're there, you know, but, but maybe I'll, I'll get to them someday. Like they're. There are times where I thought, oh, this is funny, this is great, and I'll write it in the middle of the afternoon, and then by, by the time I wanted to start drawing at night, I'm like, ah, I don't like it anymore, and mm-hmm. then I moved on to something else. Um, it happens, but just keep the wheel turning. You know, that's that's the one thing I can say. Art is a hustle in every sense of the word. Yeah. Um, never be afraid to reach out to me, to to anyone, to ask a question. Hey, how'd you do this? How did that work? You know, I'm trying to do X, Y, Z. You know, how? What what advice do you got? Never be afraid to ask a question ever to anyone you know fine some people might never respond and that's okay and that's fine but post the questions you know bring up the conversation you'll you'll get an idea you'll get an answer that can lead you somewhere else you know don't you know don't be afraid of help anybody else next to you that's the other thing i'm very big on you know that's why i'm always like i've had a lot of people that helped me out throughout my path you know i had a lot of people who gave me advice i had people to shut the door on me that's fine that that shit's gonna happen but don't let that change you or how you treat other people, how you help other people. Yeah, I, I completely agree. We, we've helped a few folks get their podcast going and, you know, just kind of, uh, you know, get what it feels good, you know, just to, to, to help and put it out there and be, be, be available, be vulnerable and, you know, learn and try to help them figure something out. I don't know. It just, uh, if it makes it easier for the next person, you know, a little bit, I think that's where some people go wrong. It's like, well, I had to do the, I had to deal with all these hardships. Why shouldn't somebody else or, you know, God forbid when people use that bullshit about yeah, bootstraps. And, and, like and you're going to, and you're going to bump into those people. And, yeah. You're, you're going to bump into those people. Those people are forever going to be miserable. And, and I, I shit you not, you will bump into those people later on and you're going to rise above them and you're going to pass yeah. them at light speed in a place that they never thought you could have gone. You know, I've, I've, I've done it in my time. I've seen it with experience. I've had people who, when I started in the fashion industry, would not teach me shortcuts on Photoshop, like just on keyboards, you know, cause they were like, Oh, you're going to try to steal my job. I said, dude, like I, it's a tool. Photoshop is just a tool, mm-hmm. just like a pencil list. It's, it's no different, you know? It's, and I had this conversation. I think I was, um, I think I was 22 at the time. I'm 38 now. Um, I was 22 at the time. This guy was, you know, about my age now. And, um, and he was just afraid of teaching me things or he wouldn't tell me anything. Like there were times that he would turn his computer screen to not show me things. Also, so I didn't see what he was doing. And I squared him up one day. I said, look, you do realize that that's just a tool, just like a pencil is a pencil in my hand will never do what it does in your hand. And a pencil in your hand will never do what it does in my hand. It's just a tool at the end of the day. You know, and, and you will you will bump in, you will bump into other artists who are so afraid of teaching you or, or giving you advice because they're so you know they're they're so threatened by you you either succeeding or being more successful than they are or stealing their trade which they think it's a secret. But art is art; it, it evolves it evolves in so many directions. It doesn't matter. It just you know, it's easy to blame somebody else for you know where you're going if, if those folks aren't open to that. 
they're probably not open to collaboration. They're probably not open to a lot of things. And so it just, it kind of sets the overall theme, which is, you know, part of the, the bigger discussion, but right. I mean, if I mean, look at, look at all the stuff you've been doing. I mean, if people weren't open to collaboration, you know, from Gun Hill to Pantone and in between, you know, we, we wouldn't be here and talking. Right. And so I think that people just, I don't know, that's what we do. We, we celebrate people. And I think it's important. I think it's wonderful. Yeah. If, if, if somebody if somebody came to me and said they listened to our, our interview and it helped them and they and they created something because of that like I get that a lot like oh I, I didn't think of it that way or how to even just simple things like project management or even oh it's so great to hear somebody else who's gone through that bullshit like and I'm not alone right I mean on all levels of yeah, life, yeah. on all levels of life like I don't know like you know we're we're all I mean, I wasn't planning to say that, but we're all human beings, right? And I think that's what it comes down yeah, to. Yeah, right? yeah. One, one last word. One last word that I want to leave with. One last word of advice that I want to leave it for for every, any artist that's coming in. Learn your market. Learn how to monetize your work. Yes. Study the market and protect yourself with who you work with. Draw up contracts for the projects that you're working in. I cannot stress that enough. You know, early on, I worked on so many projects and invoiced so many people that never paid me because they were like, fuck it. Like, you know, who's this kid? Um, it happens a lot. Create contracts, outline the project scope, you know, charge for revisions. Don't have people have you be uh, what, what I call a creative monkey where they're going to be hounding you for revisions and change this and change that until they're happy. And you end up working what was supposed to be uh a two-day project turns into four months worth of work and they only want to pay you half of it, you know? Yeah. Create your project scopes, create your contracts, invoice your client, have a note in there that, you know, with a time frame that they're supposed to pay you. Make sure you get paid for your work. <laughs> the, the one, the, the best thing I can tell an artist to do is get organized on that end, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the bullshit of uh, working for exposure. And like, oh, yeah, this is, you know, come on. <laughs> Whatever. It's like I've I, never paid a light bill with exposure. Yeah, ever. there's a great. I think there's one. I'm not sure if it was on Twitter or Instagram. There's like a great like exposure account. It's just basically like people being like, "Oh, I have this idea, and I'm gonna make it." It's like, so can you do it for this much? Or that's you know, I I think the the great example, and we'll go to the next question. But is it was somebody basically like wanting a quilt with like really high end like fibers and whatever, and a certain width and dimensions that they needed to have it be and it, and then they got a price and they're like oh i want to pay this much and the person was like like materials alone you couldn't get it for that much you know it yeah magically yeah. fucking sewed itself so 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 yeah. last, 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 I a, yeah go I had, I had, real quick again um i had a, um, a, a client uh that i tattooed um not too long ago she also makes portraits. She makes pets portraits, right? She does these oil, beautiful oil paintings of, of these uh, dogs and cats and whatnot. And she told me about the story of how people tell her, it's like, oh, but, you know, because she wants to charge, I think it was like about $250 a portrait, which I thought was very low considering the amount of detail she puts into these things in the time. And she had a customer said, oh, but materials don't cost that much. What well, $200 is a lot of money. And I told her, it's like, well, it takes you, let's say this takes you about 65 hours to do this this painting you know who's going to work for less than ten dollars an hour to create this beautiful piece of art and that we're, we're just about you know allotting for the time so what about the materials you know how much a tube of paint of oil paint costs some of these things are like 15 20 dollars a piece you know people just they want to place their value on art they want to place their value of you as an individual artist 
but then wouldn't think twice about getting a purse that, you know, five other million people have and paying, you know, $1,500 for it. But a unique piece of work that's very personal, meaningful to you, you're like, ah, 200 is too much. Facts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because even, yeah. Baffles get... me. Baffles me. Oh, we, can, we literally could do a whole lot of show about just people's, like, just being idiots. It's like, oh, it's basic math. It's X times Y, you know, and that doesn't even count for that, 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 the human hours. So I've told a lot of people a lot of times, all right, fine. Then you go buy all the materials and let's see what it manifests on their own. <laughs> Imagine. That. Yeah, this is not, yeah, it's not fucking Fantasia. The paintings don't paint themselves. No. Oh, man. So, <laughs> Our last question: What is the what is the vibe like? Are you, do you listen to music? Do you have certain style like things you're listening to when you're creating? Are you in your head? I mean, I, I listen to yeah, I listen to a lot of music. I mean, I love music in general. Like I and I always have to have background noise while I'm creating. I can have the TV on and music at the same time while I'm creating, or just music. But something needs to be going on in the background. No, I I can't draw in silence. I I don't concentrate when it's quiet. Um. But I love listening. I, I don't know. My golden era is 90s. So I like to listen a lot to, you know, 90s hip hop, 90s grunge, 90s metal, 90s alternative. Um, and I'll just keep that on loop, play a lot of Metallica. Um, but yeah, that's usually what's on, on my background. I'll listen to new artists here and there um, that I kind of like. I don't like a lot of the new music and I know I'm going to sound fucking old. It's like, what is this trash? It's like, oh, I'll listen to this shit. It's garbage. Um, but I'll listen to some new artists here and there. I recently, uh, not recently, but um, a couple of months ago, I would say last year, I discovered uh, Billie Eilish's music and I fell in love with it. Um, so I like that. I don't know. I, I like a little bit of everything. I can see that. Yeah, I, yeah, I would have been shocked if you're like, I only like this certain artist. But so what? What nineties? Uh, what nineties artists you listen to, hip hop wise? I mean, obviously, I think, like I said, those kicks you did for. With Biggie on it, and you got some Biggie you know, paintings. So I yeah, I mean, you have the the standard, which is Biggie, Jay Z. You know, you have a lot of the West Coast. You have Snoop, Dre, um, N.W.A., a lot of Wu Tang too. Um, like the Roots. Uh, who else? I mean, this. I mean, I can go all day. Yeah, so good, much. Pretty good, right there. Yeah, I take yeah. that. I take that playlist all day. So Tribe yeah. Called West. I mean, so much. Oh, yeah. I saw them in concert back in high school. It was pretty awesome. So, yeah. Nice. Dude, my first concert was um, No Doubt. (laughs) (laughs) All right. The first first concert I ever went to was No Doubt in Irving Plaza. I think it was in, what? It was like 98, I want to say. It was in 98. I saw No Doubt. That was my first live concert, and I was hooked. I was like, ah, live music forever. So whenever there's live music oh, that I that, can go that's to. That's probably the maybe, biggest thing I miss, that and just being able to grab like a beer and like an app and, you know, go go home or something like that. But yeah, my first concert, I'm a, I'm a couple years older than you, but it was the first of my parents. I think I was like 10. I think it was 19. I was trying, I found the set list recently. It was 1988, I think, at JFK in Philly. It was the Jackson 5 was the first set, and then Michael Jackson was the second set. They did like this tour. And then my first concert I ever went to without my parents, which was just like ridiculous drinking and like foolishness, uh, was Steve Miller, <laughs> was Steve Miller Band, which still holds up. Man. Nice. I, I like that that record, <laughs> Steve Miller Band Greatest Hits. It's got some. I've been uh, as somebody who you have like you know you're doing your now you're doing tattooing. One of the cool outlets of uh, at least I think it is. And my wife's getting she's starting to deal with it. She bought me these digital turntables, so I've been trying to 
figure out how to mix and stuff like that. And so I, you know, I think, yeah, I think re, what did I, I think I mixed in like either Biggie or Jay Z into into Steve Miller Band. And it worked out pretty good. So it was, it's fun. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, Calvis, I, I, I mean, I love your story. Like I said, we could do this for days. And when we get, when, when this becomes a TV show, you'll be one of the first people we talk to. So, I just oh uh, man, that'd be awesome. I appreciate that. Oh yeah, man, it's just a crazy idea I have. So I just like you were saying before, if you think big, you know, big things happen. But no, I just yeah, I love your story. I, I love I love how personal it is, and you know, just the evolution of it. You know, if you look at all of your all of the pillars of of what you're doing, all of them on their own are wonderful. And so the fact that you just have this wide ranging, you know, catalog of creativity that you're sharing with all of us, you know, it's it is it is people like you that are the reason that we do this podcast. So thank I just want to thank you, man. I really appreciate it. Oh man, thank you for having me on. And then, you know, as you expand, or even now, if you ever need my help for anything, any advice, or I can help with you with with any graphic assets or anything that I you know I can help with direction, I'm here for you. All right, man. I you heard that, folks? I got recorded. We're gonna have a fuzzed up bear with some with some uh, podcast headphones in the future. We'll see. But yeah, folks, head on over to fuzzedupbear.com. Uh, fuzz the bear on Instagram. Uh, you know, please get one of their shirts. Support a good cause. You know, listen to listen to the story. And I think that uh, you know, this is what this is why we do it. And uh, we look forward to having a couple of beers in person and uh, getting us getting us a little uh, sick crayon ink at some point. We'll have to figure out. <laughs> Looking forward to that, man. All right, man. Keep it up, and uh, I, yeah, glad glad everyone's doing well. And I'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, man. Have a good Thank day. Thank you. Cheers. there you have it folks episode 166 is officially in the books fuzzed up bear fuzzedupbear.com and do not forget sick crayons I've got a good feeling that I'm going to let him tattoo me at some point I just think I have to have some you know self control and not get a ton of them because his his work is great and the fact that he's you know that's not his life career I mean, I do think everything that he's done builds upon itself and, you know, it's a culmination and everything, you know, that whole theory of it's bringing us to this, you know, bigger point in life. You know, I think that's part of his story, you know, the, the kindness and, you know, genuine reflection for those at different points, the contracts and writing things up. I mean, I think that, you know, you see stuff all the time and I've heard some horror stories you know, from some previous guests of just how, you know, they have to beg to get paid. Hey, it's been 30, 90, you know, 120 days. And they're like, well, we didn't, the can didn't come out yet. And it's like, but that's not the agreement. And so there's this, you know, no matter what industry it is, I know beer is seen as fun and, you know, good time and what have you, but there's assholes and people that'll scam you regardless of what the end product is or they'll justify it like, oh, we're just getting started. And I'm all for, you know, again, we know I lean to the left, you know, I'm very, you know, close, you know, one love, what have you. You know, I consider myself like a hippie capitalist, I guess, or or liberal capitalist. I don't don't know, but... um, I'm all for us, you know, working together, collaborations, being respectful, you know, appreciating each other. But I'm not down with, you know, you know, people getting screwed over and working hard. So, I mean, the advice that's given 
the work that he's done. You know, we could have spent time on each of those initiatives, each of those things he's done, and that could have been an episode in of itself, right? We could have talked about how each of the cans he does is completely, you know, unique and tries to challenge and look like a different artist. You know, that would have been one. You know, then we could have just talked about, you know, the, you know, his story of, you know, working in fashion, you know, uh, that, that's a great story. Again, look, go to his website. There's some killer shoes and apparel that he's done, right? The, you know, being, you know, the fuzzed up bear human being, you know, Pantone is a whole nother story, which I think is just amazing. It's one of the cooler viral things, whatever, you know, however you want to describe that, that I've heard of. And just really, you know, fatherhood, humility, you know, we didn't even touch on the bear. So, these episodes, I think, are special. I think that, you know, we, we get these, you know, all, we, you know we're like a, like a parent, right? We love all of our children. But some of these episodes, you just, when you kind of, uh, I always envision it. I've been in the studio a few times when bands are recording. And, you know, they play a track and everyone just goes, that was it, man. That was the one. And you kind of know that. And when we're doing these and I look at the clock and we have our shell of questions that we prepare and we may ask they don't always come up and when they naturally go through all of them and you know we're still able to you know and, and the clock is just going and I look at my and I go man I could I usually could bang out another hour here and so I look forward to you know chapter two and uh collaborating and seeing you know and seeing what happens in the future but uh, I just want to thank you all for being here I want to thank you all for your support uh, it was kind of funny if you follow us along on Twitter 16OZ Canvas you know we thank everybody for all your ratings and reviews we got a two. Uh, I don't know when it came in, and I'm not sure who left it. But it's so, it, it's you know, it's so funny because we appreciate everybody. We get so many messages. We get so much kindness. We get tagged and stuff. That one six OZ canvas hashtag is you know taking on a life of its own. You know, we meet so many folks from Doodle or Die and just kind of in general. But that two rating has fucked with me for weeks. So if you're out there, I see you, you know, you got me. Um, but um, if you want to make me feel better, you know, just leave a review. Let us know what your favorite parts are or just shoot us an email, aj16ozcanvas.com. Recommend somebody or just just say hello. Remember, you know, we're uh, huge advocates for mental health. And so, you know, you're not alone. We care. And we're here for you. And, you know, just, you know, reach out and we will do whatever we can to help you. Okay. Be safe. Be a good human. Wear a fucking mask, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much. Peace.